0: If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to uh, the book of Luke, chapter 10. We know in the Scriptures where it talks about the parable of the Good Samaritan. But This morning, I want you all to go on a journey with me and uh, meet my Good Samaritan. Those that are saved, meet their Good Samaritan, if you're here lost this morning begin with chapter, uh, chapter 10 of Luke, verse 25. It said, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and, and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is it written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and, with, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiments and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when they saw him, they passed by, he passed by on the other side. And likewise the Levite, when he, he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds and poured in oil and wine and set him in his, on his own beast and brought him to the end and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pences and gave to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more than I, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said unto, unto, and he said, He that showed mercy on him... Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you once again, we're thankful, Lord, for this another opportunity to be in your house. I pray, Lord, you just have your way in the service this morning. Each word it's said, each thing it's done, that you'll be honored, lifted up, and glorified through it all. For it's in the blessed name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. Here we see right here, we see this lawyer right here. He asks the question... And it was a good question, but we also see in verse number twenty-seven the, with the Lord's challenging answer, and He said, and He answered and said, "Thou shalt love, thy, shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and with all thy and thy neighbor as thyself." So we see these scriptures right here. And then this, this uh, lawyer, he kind of gets, I believe, into a little spot right here. And he's, he's wanting to, to seek a way to escape. So he goes to Jesus here. And in, in later on in this verse number 29, 29 uh, 9, it says, But he willing to justify himself. Justify himself as living the life that he's living. thinking he's good enough. And he probably thinks that he's better than everybody else. He's asking Jesus this question And who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? We all have neighbors. We all need to watch out for one another. We need to take care of one another. But we see in the scriptures right here that usually the interpretation of this scripture here is to teach the responsibility to our neighbors, watching out for one another, taking care of one another. There's some of us in here has got plenty. There's some people in here that don't have a whole lot. And that's what I like about the church. When we come here and was was visiting, we've seen that everybody loved everybody for who they was as a child of God. When you're a child of God and you've got your name written down in heaven, you are somebody. It doesn't matter what you have, and it doesn't matter what you have not got. When you're a child of God, you're somebody. And I think we need to walk around folks like we're somebody, because we're a child of God. We don't need to let the world drag us down. We don't need to let them run over us. We just go to God and and pray to God and thank God for what He's done, thank the Lord for what He's done. And we need to show everybody, we need to show our neighbors that we love them too. There's a lot of ways of showing love, but you know, sometimes it's just going out there and knowing that they might be, may be going through a hard time, they may be going through some bad times, and they might just need somebody to hug them, somebody to put your arms around them and say, I'm praying for you. Is there anything we can do? Is there anything I can do that I might be the, the best that I can be for you? Because I'm here for you. I'm God's feet today. You're God's arms today to reach out and hug somebody. You're the feet to go out and to witness to others in the mission fields all around our neighborhoods and all over our communities to tell others about the Lord. But I want us to apply this here familiar parable to our lives today. As we look in verse number 30 here, it says, And Jesus answered, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves and was stripped of his raiments and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. From Jerusalem to Jericho. When we come into this world, we didn't have no problems in this world. These babies and these kids back here, they don't know what trouble is yet. But we get to the point where we start out in Jericho... And before you know it, when you get older and all and, and you get more into things of this world, you end up being in another, pl- uh, another place just like a, from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know, a lot of times in the Bible it speaks about when you go down to a certain city or go down to a certain place. Sometimes that's applied to our life as a, as a typology of a, of a downward spiral. From being saved and backslidden. From being on fire for God and now you've grown cold. But we see right here in the scriptures right here that he started out, this man, as the journey was, he started out, this, this parable, he started out in a place of peace and love. And that's the way God is for you and me. God loves us. He'll do anything. He sent his son to die for you that of debt that we could not have paid. He sent his son to die on the cross. It took his blood to save you and to save me. It took his blood to save our grandchildren and our children. Then he finds, finds himself, as he's gone down, he, he finds himself cursed. He finds himself in a place that he wished he hadn't ever been in. He was on this place all alone, on this road. He didn't have nobody with him. But when we realize we're lost and we get saved and we're going down this road of life, we've got Jesus with us. We're not by ourselves. How many times have you been struggling and going through some problems and you have to, we just have to say, Jesus, Lord, would you take care of this? I can't handle this, but I know you can. I'm no match for the devil, but Lord, I know you can take care of it. And the scripture says here is he fell among thieves. The biggest thief we have today, whether you lost or saved, is Satan. He'll try to strip you of everything you have. He'll try to wound you. He'll try to beat you. He'll try to mess you up. Just like this man here did, Because he was on the road, <clears throat> and that's the way Satan works. He's one, the reason why there's so much going on today. Is he knows his time's almost running up, and when the last person gets saved, God God says, "Son, go bring our children, my children, home." But see, the devil, he knows his time is running out. And he's out trying to devour as many people as he can and get as many people as he can away from God. uh, John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. A thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. But Satan, he's out to destroy us. It started, you know, it started way back before the Garden of Eden. But see, he walked in the Garden of Eden, and God done told him not to take of the forbidden fruit. But they did. But Eve did anyway because Satan told her, says, "Well, you're not. Surely, you're not going to die. You're not going to die if you take this right here that God said that you're not supposed to take. Because God knows that when you eat upon this fruit." You'll become, as the Bible says, God, little God, little g. Not God that we serve. He says, you're going to know the difference between good and evil. You're going to be able to see things. But most of all, I believe Satan was trying to tell her, you ain't got to listen to nothing God has to tell you to do. And that's the problem that we have today. Too many people don't want to listen to what God has to say. Too many people don't want to do what God wants them to do. He's trying to, as Satan, he tries to strip us and leave us half dead. Spiritually, he's stripping us and leaving us uh, with no righteousness at all. But when we get saved, we're clothed by God's righteousness, by the Lord's righteousness. Not nothing that you and I have done, but what Jesus has done. So as this man was the typology of he being stripped of his raiments, Satan wants us to stay stripped of our righteousness, of Jesus Christ. But Jesus wants to clothe us with his righteousness. But that's why when we got the, when his shedded blood and his righteousness, when Jesus looks at us and we stumble and we fall, we sin, and we ask for forgiveness, he can't see it. Because what Jesus does, Jesus is righteousness. Jesus' blood. And he left and the scripture says that they left the man half dead. We're all spiritually dead. And trespasses and sin until we accept the Lord as our personal Savior. But let us look at the priest here also. Let the let the priest and the Levite right here represent the the empty. Solutions and the empty answers that the world has to tell us. In the scriptures, here is the the, the priest represents the uh, people do condemn us if you can't follow the law. But Jesus says, "I have come to fulfill the law." Didn't he? I've come to fulfill the law. <clears throat> and uh, and, and the priest, you know, some people say, "Well, the priest might have not have helped the man because he was bloody." And the priest was rushing back. Before he might have been going to the temple, and it might have been his time to have the sacrifices or to pray or lead into something in the church. And if he had, had got the blood on him, he had been unclean. And the process of them going through their cleansing takes several days. And he, was, he might have been afraid, well, I'm going to lose my opportunity to serve God in the temple Thought of his self more than somebody else. He probably walked by and said, you should have went some other way and just walked up, probably didn't even go over and really check on him real good, probably just walked by and said, you should have went some other way. Shouldn't have come this way. Levi represents the religious ceremonies and everything that goes on. He probably told him. he said, if you had asked me, I would have told you a better route to take to where you wouldn't have to worry about somebody possibly robbing you. A lot of people's got a lot of answers for things, but their answers are our ways and God's ways is not the same. He might have said, I can tell you the best way for you to take, to the route for you to take next time you decide to come down through here. And that's kind of like. When I was thinking about that and studying about that, the first thing I thought about was Job. Remember, Job's friends thought he had sinned, and he had committed so, sin against God so bad that they sit afar off and sit back there and judged him for something that he didn't do. The devil caused everything that happened to Job, because Satan went before God, said, "I've been searching to and fro, seeking whom I may devour." God said, have you considered my servant Job? I believe he still, until he is locked down, bound up, and cast into hell, he could be up there today trying to get near you. God saith, so-and-so down there at First Baptist Church really loves you. Let me have a hold of them. Let something happen in their life. Let me, let me cause them problems. See if they'll still accept you as their Lord. See if they'll still serve you. But, there, but Job's friend sat over to the side and said, Job, why don't you just confess your sin that you've committed to God so he can forgive you? It's your fault, Job, that you're in your situation. And I've, I imagine the priest and this or Levite probably thought about the same thing about this poor old man. It's your fault you was robbed. It's your fault you was beaten. I can't help you. But neither of these would meet the poor man's need. He was naked, beaten, and half dead. As a human heart today, we need more than somebody exposing problems in our life and trying to tell us what we should do. Instead, they need to be saying, I'm going to pray for you. That's the best thing we can do is pray for one another. Don't kick somebody when they're down. Don't push them away when you see they're hurting and in need. Lost people need salvation. And we can look at this as this uh, priest and Levi. You know, we, uh, people that's lost today, they, they don't need empty promises. Well, I'll tell you how to go the next time. I'll tell you what you've got to do to be saved. Jesus wants you to come just as you are. But see, the Levite and the priest, they got all, all these ways of, well, you've got to do this. I, the, you pr- I promise you this. I promise you that. But Jesus says, just, just come as you are. Just come as you are. Don't worry about what you've done. Don't worry about where you've been. Don't worry about where you have headed. Don't worry about what, you, what problem you have. People today, it's lost. They don't need empty promises. They need to know that God is real and Jesus is real and Jesus died for them God's still on the throne. He's he's the only living God there is today. He's the only living God there ever was and ever will be. I want us to look at the good Samaritan. He represents the Savior for the sinners. Now, now like Jesus, you know, the the Samaritans, uh, the Jews didn't like Samaritans. uh, they were shunned, but they just they just didn't like it. they didn't think they just thought they was just i guess scum of the earth or trash, whatever you want to call them remember jesus he even went by he went the long way around to to meet the Samaritan woman, and it surprised her that Jesus would even have anything to do with her that he would talk to her much less tell her the things that she'd done in her life and he told her he said uh." He told her, he said, I'll give you water that you won't ever have to thirst again. And she wanted it. There's people today that's lost that's searching for something. And and you're not going to find it in the drugs. You're not going to find it in the pills. You're not going to find it in the alcohol. You're not going to find it in a lot of ungodly places. But you can find it in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He'll love you. He'll forgive you of your sins and he'll never bring it back up. Now I'm not going to ask for a show of hands but how many times you've been at work or been somewhere and I and this is the devil he jumps up on your shoulder and says, boy, if them people know what you if them people know how you used to live, if, you, if them people know what you've been saying, that they know what them jokes you was telling. I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying this. I ain't saying I do it. Don't you? but and that's the way the devil was he gets up on your shoulder. And it's kinda like the saying sometimes, you know, you know sometimes we need to keep our mouth shut instead of open all the time. It's like the you see on the truck tag sometimes you uh you lay with dogs, you are gonna get fleas because I have been working around people before in my life, and I, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I went home one day and my wife told me, she said, oh, what in the world is wrong with you? You used to not ever say stuff like that and gripe and complain, and then it dawned on me. The people I was having to work with, all they'd done was gripe and complain, and before you know it, you'll be the same way. <clears throat> but Jesus, He loves you. He'll take care of you. As I said, the the Samaritan, he was a rejected person. Jesus was rejected because he said he was the Son of God. As he journeyed, he had a a definite destination. I believe, as as the story goes, God had him going this way for a purpose. And Jesus came along in our life for a purpose, it was planned. God planned it. That's so we'd get saved. Let me get on here so we can do our communion. He came to where he was, and that's the way Jesus was. Jesus comes to where you are. Just like the Samaritan came to where this man was in need of. He had compassion on him, just like the Lord had compassion on us. He bound up his wounds. Jesus come into our life and helped get our heart right where it needed to be. He poured in the wine to disinfect the wound. And then He poured in the the oil as He poured the Holy Spirit within us. He says, I'll never leave you comfortless. I send the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and He will guide you. He cares. He cared for the man. Afterward, verse number 34, it says, And He went to him and bound him up and poured oil and wine and, and set, set him on his beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. But it don't stop right there. In verse number 35 it says, And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave it to them that was the host and said to him, Take care of him. And whatsoever you spend more, when I come again, I will repay thee. The injured man... That he paid to take care of Jesus down on the cross shed his blood to take care of your sins and just like the, the man says he, says he says I will come back through here one of these days I'm not maybe sure exactly when I'll be back by here but I will be back by here one of these days and that's the promise that Jesus our Lord and Savior has promised us he said I am coming back one of these days I've lifted you up. I've nursed your wounds. I didn't judge you. I just asked you to love me and accept me as your personal Savior. You didn't have to do nothing real hard. You didn't have to do nothing real complicated. But the story's still not finished. If you're not saved today before you leave, I pray that you'll accept the Lord before it's everlasting too late. We're not promised the next day. We're not promised the next minute. You might not see me anymore, and I might not see you anymore. But if we're saved, we'll we'll see each other in heaven one day. As we get ready to do our Lord's Supper, Jesus, as, as Scripture says, one day Jesus is coming back to carry His children home. He says he t- gives them the money to take care of them he the man was there. Jesus has got the Holy Spirit here to take care and watch after us until he comes back. And one day, he, it could be before you get home. It could be before you come back to church tonight. We don't know. Jesus don't know. But I believe with all my heart that Gabriel's got that trumpet up to his lips right now, just ready to blow just waiting for God to say, go bring my children home. If you're here this morning you're lost, don't leave without accepting the Lord your personal Savior. Accept Him as your personal Savior. It will be the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. It will be the greatest gift you've ever received. If you're here this morning you're visiting, you're a saved child of God, saved by the bloodshed of Jesus,